Welcome to the Newtown Big Dreams Podcast, an interview-style talk show that's your gateway to the fabulous and fascinating people who relocated to start a new life. Whether you're new to our podcast or your city, our fellow neighbors from across Canada, North America, and the entire English-speaking world share their stories of reaching new horizons and big dreams. So sit back and relax as we navigate in-depth and intimate conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, executives, creatives, and anyone who can share their story about their new town, Big Dreams. And now, here's your host, Luke J. Menkes. Jerry, thanks so much for coming on a work day. I appreciate that very much. And um, you moved to Kelowna in 1987. Yes. And tell us the story of how you got here. Uh, I was, uh, my husband and I got married when we were really young. We were 20 years old Mm -hmm. and we went to Alberta and he was in university and I was working in the oil and gas industry. And then he got a job in Kelowna as an engineer. So Mm -hmm. off we moved to Kelowna. And that was it? That was it. No dispute? No no, parents lived, both our families lived in close to the Okanagan, so it kind of okay. made sense to come back yeah. here, and we had just started our family, so that makes sense to come here. Right. And you had quite a few kids. Yes, we moved here. We had one little baby, but we ended up having five children. Nice. And uh, you went um, back into the workforce after your kids got a bit yes, older. Yes. And uh, tell us what you did after. So for a little while, I, I did some business management, just finances. And as much as I had really, really enjoyed that when I was younger, I no longer actually had a lot of interest in that. Mm. Things had changed. And so I began to look for another job. And, you know, you have a birthday dinner and a friend of a friend of a friend says, hey, they need somebody over at Care Support Society to kind of manage their one of their places, one of their homes. Mm-hmm. So I went and met with their ED. And when was that? That was eight years ago this fall. Wow. So um, tell us about CARES. A lot of our listeners don't know about it. I've heard of it, but tell us what is CARES. So CARES Support Society was began began 16 years ago a group of friends sat around and said we're missing a whole demographic of women in this city one of the people at the table worked at one of the women's shelters in town and you know women come into a shelter and they need help and they get immediate care but where do they go from there and mm-hmm. so really that was the place that was missing was a home for these women so they opened up a home and they opened up another then they opened up four homes for moms and babies and soon they had 16 homes scattered throughout Kelowna interesting yes so how is it different from a woman's shelter so a women's shelter is really acute somebody needs help right now today they come in and then the hope is to get them settled somewhere we we are not the acute care in that somebody cannot walk into our building and join our program. We actually have, it's not really an application, more a referral process. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a counselor might refer them into CARES or they might, um, maybe they're seeing a drug and alcohol counselor. Maybe they are involved with the Ministry of uh, Family and Child Development. Mm-hmm. 
a Ministry of Child and Family Development, right. and they're struggling with addiction, and so they are parenting, uh, and the ministry is saying this isn't working very well anymore. They may come to Karis um, as support in their recovery so that they can maintain their relationship with their child. Mm. So do the uh, children move with them? Um uh, we have a few processes that can happen. A woman might come in pregnant. Currently, we have a woman that actually came from corrections, mm. uh, and she's pregnant. So she's in our building now, and we actually par- are part of a perinatal project within BC that is just looking at a blueprint for um, women who have substance use issues and who have children. Mm. And uh, so she will come and she'll have her baby and then she will stay. She might stay um, six months, eight months, get stability, depending on the support she has in her community, uh, family, relatives, friends. But some of our women stay up to two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So we do have, a, we have like, a, we call it semi-independent where they have a small kitchen and they're able to now learn to do life apart from all the supports, but still support. Mm-hmm. So it must be more than just uh, living space. Do you offer counseling services? And what is life like for a woman in one of these locations? Yeah, that you know, when somebody moves in, it's quite a challenge because now you are living with 37 other women. Mm. Uh, we always say to the women, this is the hardest thing you'll ever do because that's not easy. Mm-hmm. And we have full programming. So from nine in the morning till noon, we're in a classroom. And in the afternoon, we have rec therapy. Uh, our rec therapy program is something I'm really excited about. It's mostly run with volunteers from the town. So we just want want the women to be active because we know that's good. But also, when you have lived um, in the culture of substance misuse, uh, your adrenaline is used to running really high, whether that be because you're in dangerous situations or simply the drug of choice that you're using. So we actually try to do things that will create some adrenaline. And there are studies that show that that actually is part of the recovery process. Mm-hmm. So um, we might have a kickboxing class. We also do some fun things. We will have um, uh, Latin dancing or belly dancing. It's just about movement and hopefully having some fun and creating some new habits. All of that is done well, 90% of it's done through volunteers. So, for instance, the women, the women's place here in town, they have sent over several young ladies that come and they volunteer six weeks, once a week to come in and take a Zumba class. Nice. So that's been a great partnership with the women's place. So you mentioned classes in the morning. What sort of topics are you So we start off with something we call morning reflections, and we hope to... Uh, give the ladies some mindfulness tools, some meditation tools. We'll do some music. Uh, they'll read some cards. They'll do gratefulness state- statements. Um, all the all the women are there, and so literally just moving around the room and people sharing what they're grateful with. And um, from there, we move into class where we do more teaching programming, classics like boundaries and codependent relationships. We do um, some great Brené Brown work. For those of you who know Brené Brown, she's um, a current 
um, phenomenon out there really in the world teaching us about shame and our resilience to shame and how we need to walk as a we, not a me. Mm-hmm. So that's been very good for our, our women. Uh, we will, we do move with the ladies when we see a topic that comes forward. We had the fun the other week. We were talking about codependent relationships, which moved us into a discussion on grief. And we had, without planning it, the next day we had already booked in a grief coach who came in and did a class. So we love the synchronicity of how it operates like that. It's right. like we move in a direction and it comes our way. So that's that's really an exciting part. Also, we have uh, programs like Dollars and Cents, which comes from Launch Kelowna. So that's uh, budgeting and how to work through um, charges or various things you might have. We have um, this year we had the privilege of having UBC actually come in and do a mindfulness class. They do it to their registered nurses, so it was a light, it was an actual UBC course that the mm-hmm. girls got credit for if they did the homework. Right. So a lot of great life skills. Life that, skills, uh, yes. And is that five days a week? We have, we have programming four days. Sometimes we have five days. Our Friday um, we use as a kind of a volunteer teaching day. So I believe next week we're starting um, six weeks of acupuncture where we have somebody that's going to come in and do that with the ladies, and that's a volunteer. Nice. So they're going to perform acupuncture or teach it? They will do it. They yes. Will do it. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And um, you mentioned grief. Is grief something that an addicted person needs to go through as part of the process of healing? Or is it because um, maybe they've got something in their past that they haven't grieved? It's both and all. Uh, One of my uh, favorite learning people is Gabor Mate. So he has done a lot of work on the downtown east side Vancouver, and he says that um, addiction is not the problem. The problem is the pain. Mm. So we only walk into our addictions because there's trauma or there's pain. He says that in all of his work, he's never met one addict that has not had severe trauma in their lives. The reverse is not necessarily true. You may have severe trauma and not become an addict. But the other is always. Mm. So we find that too with all the hundreds of women that have come through Karis, that the stories are sig- significant and severe. So there is always lots of grieving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've heard that um, when an addict decides to finally give up the addiction or the addictive behavior, they have to go through a grieving process as well because it was such a big part of their life. Yes. Yes, we talk to the the gals often about grieving, even grieving their drug drug of choice, which seems so so backwards, right? This thing that caused me harm, and yet here I am grieving it. So if you think about something simple in your life, maybe um, maybe for a medical reason, you're not allowed to drink coffee anymore, which I love my morning coffee, and now you're not able to drink coffee, there is this kind of like it's a lot dang i miss my coffee so that's of course not comparable at all but the concept is the same that whenever we make a change or have to let something go even if it was causing us harm we grieve Mm -hmm. 
And I think in our society, we miss all the grieving pieces. We just simply move on and go, well, it's better for me. It's good for me. So I just need to change. Mm -hmm. And we actually don't attach to the grieving piece. Right. And how do you qualify people to come in? I'm just curious, like, uh, people are at various stages of recovery. What uh, would qualify a woman for this program? So our referrals come in, like I said, from various organizations. Also, you can refer yourself. Often families refer people as well. Uh, it's really choosing an abstinence lifestyle. So we are recovery-based. We, we're not um, an on-site using facilities in that sense of harm reduction and not at all that we are not together with those organizations. We simply are a different track. I mean, the continuum of care, or we call it wraparound care. Mm-hmm. We need all the services in our in our village here in Kelowna. And uh, we also, we do use harm reduction as opiate substitution therapies. So some of our women may be on a Suboxone or Methadone um, substitution that is through their physicians. We don't have any say to that. That's not our expertise. So wanting to live an abstinent lifestyle is their choice in coming in. We do require that the woman um, has not been using for maybe six to eight days. So often they'll go to um, the yeah, to the yeah, often the they'll go to detox to the bridge before they come in. Some of the women will actually go through treatment, so they might take 60, 90 days, which is really intense recovery. And that's actually a really great process that they do that, and then they come in. And um, when you're in detox or treatment, your parameters of your day are quite tight in terms of being within this actual physical building, Mm. where when you come into Karis, it's your home. So we do have curfews in the evening, but after class, you're free to go for a walk to the beach or maybe to Tim Hortons for a coffee with one of the gals. Um, so it's it's not treatment, it's recovery. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, a large incidence of relapse for women who come into the program? Yes. And actually, we would just consider it part of the process of recovery. So again, simple and not able to compare in, in any in any way, but the concept of when you give something up in your life that has really done you well, even though it might be harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've quit ever quit smoking or, you know, all of a sudden there you are back smoking yeah. and you're going, oh, what have I done? I don't want to be doing this. Let me take the, the road again. So, yes, that is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And... How do you know when a woman is ready to move out? I think you said some are there as long as two and a half years. Yes. So how do you know when it's time to move out? It's all self-directed. So we work with the women. We have, um, well, we have 24-hour staff, and each woman that comes in has their own key worker, so one that they meet with regularly, works through their goals, and we encourage them in the direction based on the supports they have in their, in the community. So if they've got a family that is supportive, we can see that they may have um, be ready sooner, but if they don't have supports, we just encourage them to stay longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is self-directed. Interesting. And this uh, obviously costs a lot of money 
to maintain these facilities? And do you have volunteer opportunities? How do you get funding? Yeah, so our funding, we are a nonprofit and we are um, 100% privately funded by philanthropists within the city. Um, some give us large amounts, some give us small amounts, all of which is uh, really makes us a community. Uh, we've even had children who have arrived at the door with their piggy bank saying, I want to give to what you're doing. So of course that doesn't impact our budget, but the sense of community really grows in those times. Mm -hmm. So um, it is one of the, the things we have a hired fund developer, Philippa Douglas, and she does amazing work for us. And we need her because we need funding. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a weird job to be out there asking for funds, and yet that is how we operate. We know that we are very important in the wraparound care in Kelowna, mm -hmm. and yet our funding comes from those who want to fund it. So it's awkward and, and necessary. We believe it's necessary. Yeah. And is there, uh, do you have a lot of volunteers? Yes, we have. Uh, our staffing is all paid. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of working one-on-one -on -one with the clients and um, some of our classroom facilitators are volunteers. We have front desk people who are volunteers. We have volunteers that come and do database work. Uh, one of the things we regularly and um, is very important to us is childminders. When our moms are in class, we need to have their babies in childminding, we don't have a daycare on site. And so we have volunteers, they are vetted, they have criminal record checks, hmm. we do interviews with them, and they come and they hold babies for a couple hours, and then they go home, small and very significant to our moms. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that is one of the volunteer opportunities we have. No doubt. So Jerry, you, uh, before you had children, you worked in oil and gas. And now you're doing this. Did you have an educational background in this or was it just something you heard about and you said, this is what I want to do? That's a good question. Um, I did not get formal education within social work or within this realm. My formal education is in business. Um, and being the, the one of the co-directors, it actually ends up being really valuable because mm -hmm how we run our business, financial statements, audits. Um, so I'm very familiar with that process. So it's kind of a backdoor yeah. into the job. Um, but I started as a client support worker, which meant I was in one of our scattered sites. And I learned how to sit with the women, learned how, how they needed support. And it changed my life, actually. There's nothing that has been as impacting in my personal growth as walking beside women who I find extremely interesting and beautiful mm -hmm. and full of trauma. And it must be a real delight to see people improve and put their life back together. Yes. It's, you know, when you begin to be who you really are, and I think that's the, the essence of Karis, we're not behavioral modification and we're not in any sense going, you've even made like you somehow woke up and made a bad choice. We see how life has brought somebody here and we walk beside them in hopes that they rediscover all their beautiful pieces. And it is an amazing opportunity. I love my job. I love going to work every day. Mm, wonderful. And how do people find out about your 
uh, facilities and your programs and ways to volunteer. Do you, do you have a website? Yes, so www.caris-society.org. And yes, you can you can email us from there. You can take a look at pictures of our building and our facility referrals. If you know somebody that um, you think would be great for our program or somebody would want to come in or you think you might want to come in, you sure. can go to the website and, and refer yourself. That's great. Jerry, who would you like to nominate to come on the show? Well, we have had this ongoing relationship for a couple of years with Carol Lilly. They are doing the, the golf tournament for us. It's run by a mother and daughter, Donna and Danielle. And they're Kelowna-based. They make incredible jewelry here in the city. Uh, last year, they were able to go to New York and did a runway show. And they have been an amazing support for us for a couple of years when we do events with our women. They bring the jewelry for them to wear. They give gifts. They have uh, made a signature necklace that's a Karis necklace. And so I would love for them to have a voice on the show. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your time today. And uh, thanks for telling us all about carrots. And thank you, Luke, for having us here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Newtown Big Dreams podcast with your host, Luke Menkes, and his authentic guests. And we love our listeners and hope you subscribe now to learn more about the amazing journeys of our incredible guests who relocated to find a Newtown Big Dreams. And remember... Make your dreams big.